Hello and welcome to the first podcast by the Leap Machine. I am your host, the White Arab, Saeed. Thank you all for joining today. I'm not sure if you're listening from an audio source or video source, but I do thank you for your time and uh, giving this podcast a chance. I hope I can win you over by the end of this first podcast, and I hope that you will want to come back to podcast thereafter this one. I want to quickly just talk about the Leap Machine and what it is, uh, kind of where it's going, or at least my vision, my business plan. You know, that's the that's the cool thing they say these days. What's your business plan for your Leap Machine, sir? Before you gain my audio, my my audience, the, the the presence of me for your podcast, tell me about your your business plan. I'll tell you about my business plan. I sort of have one. I like to call it a vision. My forecasting. You know, I use all these cool uh, business uh, lingo terms because I have to. So the Elite Machine is something that I just started recently. This is the first podcast, as you know, and uh, I'm hoping to really keep a lot of the podcasts coming. The podcasts will primarily focus on humor for the most part, but it's going to revolve around uh, technology, uh, some gaming, um, just quirky, strange news that's out there, uh, but primarily around recent and modern uh, events that's going on that we hear about and talk about and laugh about. It's definitely worth laughing about. We live in a very, very strange world, needless to say. So, in a nutshell, that's kind of what these podcasts are going to be about. There will be additional content. Eventually, at some point, I'm going to introduce new content to the, uh, the Leap Machine. I don't want to Spill the beans just yet. That's part of my vision plan, my business plan that I'm working on. But as that information develops, I will let you guys know. And that's why it's important that you continuously tune in so that you can see some of these cool things that I'm going to be bringing to the table that I'm going to throw down before you all in awe. So if you're watching from YouTube, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. If you're listening to an audio podcast, please be sure to hit the whatever the equivalent of the subscribe button is for you. And uh, I do want to mention that I'm, I also have the Leap Machine out on Twitter. So those of you that would like to follow the Leap Machine on Twitter, you can do so uh, just by searching for the Leap Machine, all one word. Same thing goes for Facebook. There is a Facebook group out on the Leap Machine, or excuse me, on the Leap Machine. Let's reverse that. There is a Facebook group called The Leap Machine out on Facebook that you can search for. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to post some cool memes and funny things on there. Um, Just humorous, fun stuff. And uh, also on Twitch, uh, for those of you that have never heard of me before, uh, no surprise. I'm still working on that business plan, like I said. But for those of you that have uh, never heard of me before, and this is your first experience with me, um, I have done live streaming on Twitch in the past, twitch.tv. 
and uh, I've done live streaming for a live studio audience on Twitch. I have a couple thousand followers on followers on there, so uh, hopefully a lot of them will be listening to this podcast. I plan on uh, casting this on Twitch as well, also with exclusive content on Twitch. So if you have a chance, go to twitch.tv and do a search for The Leap Machine there. And The Leap Machine is spelled with the L-E-E-T. I know that's not as leet as 1337, but I assure you, I tried to register uh, 1337 instead of L-E-E-T and the name uh, for some of these sites. And unfortunately, it's not available at all the locations. But the leet, L-E-E-T, is. So, you know, you got to do what you got to do. got to... Got to make ends meet. So, without further ado, um, I don't want to talk a whole lot about myself. I want to move on to the podcast. I will just kind of give you a brief synopsis of me. I do have about 18 years of technology, professional technology experience, like working in the real world technology experience, specifically in information technology. I enjoy and love technology, uh, gaming, Um I also like science, specifically astrophysics, philosophy, and, you know, just cool, quirky science things, things that make you think outside the box. Hypothetical stuff, what-if stuff. That's the kind of stuff I like pertaining to science. Just weird stuff, but things that are possible, things that can occur or exist. That's going to be some of the fun stuff I'm going to introduce to the Leap Machine as well. Again, exactly why you should subscribe right now if you haven't done so yet. Help me make this business plan work, folks. Please. All right, let's go ahead and get started with the the podcast. The first thing I want to say in the first topic this evening, actually right now it is September 26th. I neglected to mention that at the beginning of the podcast, but... I assume you forgive me for that. But the reason I need to bring that up, we shouldn't be talking right now. Not that you're talking to me, maybe in your mind you are, but I'm talking to you and I shouldn't be able to do that. Because apparently the world was going to end, come to a halt on September 23rd. Literally just three days ago. That's kind of why I held out, you know. I mean, I didn't want to start this thing and then, you know, like I was really contemplating starting this podcast September 22nd, maybe September 21st. And I'm like, you know what? That'd be kind of a waste if I recorded this content and the world ends on the 23rd. That that would kind of suck. I'd be wasting my time, I guess, because it would never get to you. Well, I just went ahead just to be on the safe side, just held out a little bit longer so we could get past that 23rd date. Hell, I even gave it another day or two just to be sure the world was not coming to an end. And I now speak before you, before the people, on September 26, 2017. The sun did rise today. The birds did chirp. The squirrels went and gathered and buried nuts today. It happened, folks. The day turned. We made it. We made it. But I do want to talk about this hypothetical end of the world event that was going to occur and some of the irony behind it. 
and events like this. You see, I'm a little perplexed because we seem to be running into a repeated problem here, a consistent issue here with these prophecies, these constant prophecies that are coming up all the time. I don't get it. Why do we keep falling for these? Why am I reading and, and hearing and seeing all this in the news? Oh, here comes the big day. It's, it's, it's going to be September 23rd. You know, uh, the world can come to an end. Will this be the day? You know, since the past 50 uh, prophecies didn't come true, maybe this one is true, folks. Let's pitch into the hysteria. But it's ironic. It's not only ironic because these predictions keep failing, but what I'm a little perplexed by here, especially with this particular prediction, it references astrology for one. Okay, well, you know, you know, look at the stars, you know, look at horoscopes, whatever. All right, you know, You'd open a fortune cookie, whatever. You can predict some things. Okay, whatever. That's all hypothetical. Yeah, maybe stuff, right? You know. But here's what gets me, and this is what really kind of bothers me and a lot of these repeated predictions. How many times do they reference the Bible, specifically the Christian Bible? How often... Do these doomsday philosophers, is that is that what we call them there? Do we call them doomsday philosophers? Like what's the right, what's the PC way like to, to you know, explain these guys? Is that, is that PC? Doomsday professor? I guess. I'm trying to be PC here. You know, even though I don't want to be PC with these guys because they create hysteria and people fall for it, which I don't understand why. But back to the point, this particular doomsday scenario did reference the Christian Bible. And there is correlation between astrology and the Christian Bible. I didn't go and read everything word for word, but in a nutshell, that's essentially what was being told. That's my understanding um, with the with the due diligence that our doomsday philosopher took in determining this this date of fate, September twenty third, end of world events. But here's the thing I want to bring up: not only for this particular scenario, this particular failed prediction, but the ones that occurred prior to that that referenced the Christian Bible. And the ones that will reference the Christian Bible going forward. The Christian Bible, and it doesn't matter if you're atheist, agnostic, or what your your religious philosophies are. I'm just going to make a point here about what the Christian Bible tells these doomsday seekers, prophesiers. I don't even know if that's a word, but that's what I'm going to call them better than what I want to call them. If you look at, in the Bible, Mark 
there's actually a verse, so verse 32, chapter 13, Mark chapter 13, verse 32 states, and it may be in different variations depending on which Bible you're reading. This is what it states. But about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Wow. Interesting. And why that's interesting is that's the Bible telling everyone that reads the Bible that if you try or attempt to predict the end of times, you will not be successful because you will not know. So what's ironic here, you have individuals claiming to reference the Bible and seeing into the mystery of the Bible to make these determinations, the same Bible that tells them that they cannot make these determinations or, or forecast or predict these events. It says it clear as day. Hell, it's so blunt, it's in one sentence. It's in one verse, one statement. Here, I'll read a different. I'll read the English Standard Version. But concerning that day or that hour, no one knows. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. That's pretty blunt to me. You're not going to know when the end times come. Only God himself will know that answer. And point being, those that reference the Bible actually should probably read that chapter, that verse. Because it's pretty clear. And if they say they can predict the future and what's going to happen... They're kind of contradicting themselves, or at least in the sense of referencing the Bible, aren't they? Because you can't say that you're making predictions based on the Bible, but you're going to ignore that part of the Bible. Because that's, that's you know, kind of contradicting, you know. I mean, we could pull up the definition of contradicting, but I, 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 think, I think it's right around there. So, I don't know. You know, I was thinking... I was thinking, because I like to think about philosophy and what-ifs, and, you know, maybe, maybe maybe the world did come to an end on the 23rd. Maybe, maybe we're living in an expanded Mandela effect. Maybe our universe crapped out on the 23rd and came to an end. We're in an alternate universe. Huh. Maybe we'll start seeing some more Mandela effect style things pop up on us now. Maybe uh, maybe New York is now New Bork. Maybe Chicago is now Gachago. I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. We'll probably start noticing some things. Keep your eyes on YouTube, ladies and gentlemen. Because, you know, there, there's a lot of stuff there on the Mandela effect there. Maybe we'll start seeing some new things. Maybe the world did end on the 23rd. And all those gazillion dates that was prophesized before that. Maybe that's why we keep experiencing the Mandela effect. It seems to get worse. Huh. I wonder if I'll go back and play back my podcast and say, I never said that. I don't remember saying that. I must be in an alternate universe or an alternate timeline. Hmm. You never know, folks. You never know. 
You got to go with it. I did tell my family, though. I, well, let me rephrase. I apologize to my family because I failed my family in preparing for September 23rd. I failed them. I failed them. The day came, September 23rd came. I was reminded by one of my chitlins that it's the 23rd. That one of my kids said, oh, today's the 23rd. I think the world, the world was supposed to end today or something like that. And I'm like, gosh, darn it. I forgot about that. I did not put that in my calendar. I don't know why Google didn't even populate that in my calendar. This should, Google should have just automatically populated that. Hey, reminder, you have, a, you have an event tomorrow, end of world, end of days. I'd apologize to my family and say, you know what? I'm actually very sorry I failed you guys. I meant to sell everything I had and collect on the bling bling, the monies, and we just party it up until the 23rd, but I felt it was too late. But I do have some good news, ladies and gentlemen. I do have some really good news. The end of times. The date has extended. Oh, I've been given, I've been granted an extension for my preparation. It is now predicted that it will be sometime during October. So I could have, I don't know, maybe just over a week to prepare. Or I could have what, pretty much a whole entire month to prepare. I do like Halloween, though. Hopefully, hopefully we can make it, you know, to trick-or-treating at least. So hopefully, hopefully nothing will happen to like midnight, you know, like the 31st or something. But, I, you know, I have a little bit more time to prepare. I have a little bit more time to prepare. You know, we've been given an extra month, ladies and gentlemen. We should be thankful for that, especially as we approach Thanksgiving. All those thankful events, or all those thankful messages are going to be coming out. All your friends on Facebook and social media are going to say, I'm thankful for blah, 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 blah. And then right now, you should be thankful. You should say, I am thankful that the end of world will not occur for another month. Hopefully. That's with a comma. Hopefully. Comma, hopefully. Because we're just begging this a whole month. We get at least a few weeks. So I guess I'll begin my plan, my execution of selling everything I own. Hell, at this point, I may not even go to work. I don't even know why I'm going to work at this point. I just need to sell everything, collect all the all the money, and just uh, go down my bucket list. Man, it's an interesting bucket list. I probably half the stuff on my bucket list is considered illegal, so... Uh, that's the thing. If I get like halfway through and get arrested, I can't complete my bucket list. So I have to figure out some workarounds there. But point being, I've been granted some time and you have been granted some time as well. So bravo. We have a little bit more time until the end is here. I want to talk about another story that I read today. Something a little different than the end of times. Assuming that the end of times does not occur by the end of next month. I mean, I know the odds are not in our favor, folks. But let's just, you know, bear with me here. Let's assume it doesn't. Target made an announcement that they will be 
increasing minimum wage by the year 2020 to $15 per hour. This is where the big round of applause occurs. Yeah, shh. If you guys didn't recognize that, that noise, that bit I just did, that that was my uh, impression of the uh, old Nintendo games from the 80s where you'd have like the crowd cheering for you in the background. That That's my that's my way of cheering for, for Target here. Shh, yeah. Shh, yeah. Yeah, 15 bucks an hour in 2020. Yeah. Right. Okay. Bravo, Target. You are going to be raising minimum wage to a whopping 15 bucks an hour by the year 2020. I commend you. I, I applaud you for that. But then something... Something kind of popped out, popped up in my head when, when I re- read that article, or articles, plural, because apparently there's a press release or, you know, the, the CEO's being interviewed and he's, oh yeah, you know, we, we're going to do this and we care about our employees, blah, 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 all that stuff, right? But then I had this vision where I was walking through a Target like I do sometimes. And I have my my collection of goodies that I really don't need in my hand because you know that's the American thing to do. We just gather up our made in China objects and we proceed to the front of the store. And then in my vision, which matches my day-to-day reality, I approach the front of the store and there's a bunch of self-checkout kiosks there. Oh, that, well, that's cool. Self-checkout kiosk. I can walk up there and I don't have to interact with anyone. Don't have to say, hey, how you doing? How's your day? Even though I don't give a damn, I'm conversing here. Don't have to worry about any of that. You just go to your checkout kiosk and it'll tell you, hello, uh, thank you for checking out today, you know, on the screen. And you can literally just give it the middle finger and just say, okay, whatever. You can't do that to an employee. You got some freedom there. And you proceed to scan your made-in-China items. Conveniently place them in bags. It's kind of like you got to go back, hone in back on those skills from when you were like 16 years old as a bag boy or girl. You know, like, oh man, get my skills. My skills are kicking in. Always knew that algebra would never be anything for me, but bagging those groceries back when I was 16, learn uh, those skills are coming back to me. Every using them every day now. And then you walk out the store, done deal. But here's the thing: those. Kiosks, those checkout kiosks, seem to be growing. There seem to be more and more popping up in all these stores, whether it be Target or Walmart or Home Depot or Lowe's or insert your favorite big retail chain and you see these kiosks popping up. So here's my question to target 2020 really isn't 
right around the corner now is it I mean we're in 2017 you can say well we're inching near the end of 2017 but then you have 2018 2019 and then 2020 before this full $15 minimum uh, $15 an hour kicks in for these employees that Target cares so deeply for what about the self-checkout kiosk? Are those going to continue to be put in place at the stores? Because I'm pretty sure as those continue to pop up in the stores, you'll almost, maybe it's just me folks, maybe it's just me, but you'll almost notice or recognize that human beings are not getting hired as much or they're starting to you'll start seeing less and less employees walking in to these retail stores whether it be Target or Walmart or wherever it may be as a matter of fact it is now at the point whenever I go into a Walmart usually a supercenter because it seems to be like all Walmart supercenters that's trying to just exist now but when I walk into a Walmart Supercenter and I gather my made in China objects and proceed to the checkout arena, because it looks like an arena, you've got like 20, 30 checkout lanes, you know, going clear across the front of the store. I find something interesting. I, I see a lot of wasted uh, space there for Walmart. And what I mean by that is it seems like more and more there seems to be less checkout lanes with human beings, employees there to help you check out and more and more of these kiosks appearing. As a, as a matter of fact, now when I go, there's like literally like 30 people standing at the kiosk, the self-checkout kiosk waiting to get out very frustrated most times and there's a huge line of them there's like 30 people just trying to get to the self checkout area and then you'll have like two employees managing the cash registers across that whole front part of the store and then they will respectively have a chain of customers in line as well if you didn't know better you think there was a new apple product being released at the checkout lane all these people are just standing in line, except they're not very happy. They're just kind of irritated and trying to understand their purpose and, and why they're standing in a Walmart and why they're being so dumb. <laughs> Buying their Made in China stuff, standing in a checkout line for, you know, theme park level here, man. It's like, it's like they're standing to, to wait to get on a roller coaster and they didn't get a fast pass for it. They're standing there waiting to get to the checkout area. Then when you approach the self-checkout, you have one employee managing what could be anywhere from four to ten of these kiosks. You've probably seen more. I don't live in a big city. You've probably been in big cities or live in a big city. Or you could just, there are the self-checkout kiosks are as far as the eyes can see. And you'll have this one individual which you would think would be a menacing security guard, bouncer style type person there. Far from that. 
frantically just eyeballing the hell out of every kiosk. Well, like their eyes are literally crossing, like they're trying to look at this one and that one. You've got people waving them down. Hey, I can't scan this. It's not scanning the barcode. Help, over here. You've got some people that can't fit the products. You know, I mean, maybe they're in Walmart buying a, uh, a new styrofoam raft to go out on the river the next day or something. You know, I mean, Walmart sells some interesting things. And they can't fit that styrofoam raft on, on the, the, the checkout kiosk to scan the barcode or, you know, it, it's just challenging. So you've got this one individual running in between these kiosks trying to help them figure out how to get through their experience. And they're frustrated. So where am I going with this whole discussion? I'm making a point, ladies and gentlemen. I'm trying to make a point here. You have Target that is essentially giving themselves a pat on the back. We are going to raise minimum wage to $15 an hour by 2020. Everyone cheer for us. Applaud us. But they're still adding these kiosks to all their stores, are they not? Have you not been to a Target store lately, folks? I, I'm sure most of you have. And the next time you do go in there, just kind of eyeball it and see how many self-checkout kiosks they have there. And then think back maybe 10 years ago if those machines were there then. Now jump forward 5-10 years from now. That's the point I'm trying to make. So I do applaud Target. Yay, yay, yeah, woo, party it up, bruh. I applaud them for taking the initiative to increase minimum wage. But I also ask that they acknowledge what is happening because it is a very, very serious discussion. It's a very serious topic. Millions and millions of people are going to lose their jobs to automation in the years to come before us. It's going to be a lot of, a lot of lost jobs. A lot of lost jobs. And here's the thing. 2020, $15 an hour in the year 2020 may not actually be all that much. Let's think about this. You walk into Target, you put in an application, the year is 2020. Have you looked at inflation at all? Okay, so you got to factor in inflation. Got that, okay, whatever. That's, it can't be that bad. Okay, so you've got inflation to factor in. You've also got the fact that you're going to have to essentially have some kind of tech savvy ability and intellect in order to operate all these automated machines. You're going to expect $15 an hour. That's going to be expected out of you. $15 an hour is going to be pennies if you're going to be expected to stand there and maintain this equipment and support these, this equipment and the functionality of it and helping 
users, being the consumers, get through the experience of the self-checkout kiosk line. So it's going to, you're going to laugh at 15 bucks an hour, 2020 and going forward from that. That's going to be like the equivalent of making $8 an hour. I mean, maybe I'm being a little bit on the extreme, but I think you get the jits of what I'm saying. So that's, that's the only thing I, I really want to point out here with this whole perception that, you know, hey, Target, is it, they're back in the media again for doing the right thing. Yes, I get that. Target's also a business. They have a bottom line. And as much as you may love Target right now or any other retailer that is boosting minimum wage or doing the great thing for their employees, do not let it escape your minds because I know you are all intelligent. Do not let it escape your minds that they are also going to be ushering in these kiosks and they are going to, if they don't eliminate the positions, I can sure, certainly assure you that they will not refill those positions as employees leave. Because you got to kind of think about how many employees, and it could be different for every retailer, how many employees considers, or how, what's the equivalent of one machine to the employees? Is it is one machine equivalent to four employees, two employees? even two employees, okay, let's even just say that. Let's say one machine is the equivalent of two employees at Target. That's one person that loses their job. You know, at least. You know, that will be out of a job, whether it be with Target, Walmart, or whoever. So, yeah, feel good about Target. Make sure you stop by later today and get you a bundle of bananas at Target and say, you guys are doing a spectacular job. And I'm not blaming Target here. They are a for-profit corporation. And no matter how much they try to tell you or appear to you that they are very concerned about the employees and you as consumers, they are there to make money. They are there to keep that corporation on its feet to survive. That's what they are there for. So, I don't know. I don't know. It, it, we'll, we'll have to see how this whole thing plays out with automation versus uh, human beings. Doesn't look like we're off to a uh, very happy, fruitful future. In the short term, at least I do believe it will work itself out just like it always has with with technology integrating itself into the workplace. This isn't the first time we've gone around this block and it won't be the last time. So, I don't know. We'll see. I'm, I'm just concerned. Uh, I just want people to understand and uh, be prepared for what's to come because it's coming. And uh, hopefully it's not going to be too uh, rough. So we'll we'll see how how it pans out. I don't know. I don't know. Speaking of automation, I do also want to point out 
Amazon is, as Duke Nukem would say, kicking ass and chewing gum or something along those lines. And uh, I'm going to show you a meme a little bit for those of you watching. And those of you listening, I'll try my best to explain or describe the meme. But uh, Amazon is doing pretty well. It's, uh, I'm, I'm not going to really talk about that too much until we get to the meme. But uh, Walmart's even kind of panicking at this point with, with Amazon. Like, we are, in the, we are witnessing like gang wars here with retailers. I mean, Toys R Us just announced that they're not doing so great. They're following Chapter 11. You know, who knows what the future is for Toys R Us? We saw what happened to other chains in the past. I mean, uh, Kmart slash Sears is like, would anyone be surprised if you woke up tomorrow morning and saw that, oh, they're done. They closed close all the stores, or, you know, complete out of business. Liquidation sale. At any point in time, you can see the guys out there spinning the signs for the liquidation sale for Sears and Kmart. Are you going to drive by and be like, oh my God, I didn't see that. This is Sears, Sears and Kmart here. How could this happen? No. You're going to drive by and you're going to sip your Starbucks coffee and you're going to be like, huh, about damn time that store went out of business. Seemed like they were never going to go down, but there they go. And you may turn in to go check out the liquidation cell or not. But point being, there's a big gang war going on. And Walmart realizes that there's a gang war going on. And your two biggest gangs are Amazon and Walmart right now. The other, the other ones are trying to kind of stay in there. They're trying to hold their territory, but it ain't working out so great for them. Or they're just kind of struggling. You know, ask H.H. Greg, Circuit City. You know, can't always hold your territory. You gotta be ready to fight. Walmart's ready to fight, though. As a matter of fact, they've been using some of them fighting words. If you don't know, Amazon has acquired or purchased Whole Foods. Yum, yum. Eat some of that grass. Great. Interesting to see what's going to happen with that. I'm sure they'll do some cool things with it. There's already a lot of chatter, chit-chatter, going on around the Whole Foods concept and Amazon and how they're going to utilize that for delivery services and for you as a customer, your experience in walking into what is a grocery store, what is an Amazon store, and so on. It's going to be an interesting concept to see play out and I do welcome that concept and I'm curious to see how it plays out but Walmart boy did Walmart have a bit of a temper tantrum when that news was released because right around the same time that news broke that Amazon made that purchase Walmart had some fighting words got a little hostile and I wish I could give you the direct quotes and I can't I apologize for that I probably should have went out and did some gathering of that but I can give it I can tell you in a nutshell what the warlords at Walmart essentially said Walmart got a little angry about the purchase with Amazon and uh, you know purchasing Whole Foods 
and I, it, it's not really just that. That just kind of that just kind of irked them a little bit more than what they already were. They're not can they're not very happy with Amazon. I don't think that's a shock to anyone. I don't think anyone's going to be say, well, I don't think anyone's going to sit there and, and ask me, well, why uh, why would Walmart be worried about Amazon? I, I, if you have an IQ of three or above, I think you would know why Walmart's a little worried right now. So Walmart issued some fighting words, maybe not directly to Amazon, but to their business partner, their distributors, the people that sell them their made in China products. Walmart essentially told these business relationship partners that they have that you should not be using any Amazon services. That kind of includes cloud computing services. So if a company is utilizing Amazon's cloud computing service or that division, uh, maybe they have a corporation and they sell goods and products, but they rely on Amazon to host their website or to host virtual servers or machines, Walmart made it a point to say that they really frown upon that and that's not really uh, part of their vision. So uh, Walmart's starting to, starting to get a little, little anxious, a little antsy. The, the gang wars are, are kind of revving up here, so we'll see how things play out. But yeah, so congrats to Target on their $15 an hour increase in the employees by the year 2020, right around the corner, right around the corner. We'll see it any day now. Uh, big, big props to them, mad props. So I want to talk a little bit about the Equifax situation. I know you're thinking, oh, I don't need to hear this again. Every, every time I turn on their TV or the radio or open up one of them old newspapers, I see the Equifax breach info in there and I'm sick and tired of it. I understand. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm not going to really hone in on what you already know. I do want to kind of talk about what's going to happen thereafter. And I want to actually call out another one of the major bureaus on this topic here, which is going to be our good friends at Experian. We'll get to that here in a minute. And to an extent, TransUnion is also kind of guilty of this as well. The thing I want to point out about Equifax is so bad what we know so far. They can't even give out their website address correctly about the breach. They're now referring to or have referred people to a phishing site, which thankfully was set up by a white hat hacker that did it as a test, so to speak, to see, to make a point of it. But Equifax still sent people to the wrong website. That could have been a legit bad phishing site. As a matter of fact, if you look at the registered domain names for sites similar to the Equifax site that they are sending their, the consumers to, practically every possible combination for that domain has already been registered. So the, the, you know there's going to be some phishing-related sites out there. It's not good. They... they they really should not have 
created an alternate or a standalone domain name from the official Equifax.com site to send customers relating to a data breach, but to make it worse, you can't even send them to the right site. Oh, and then, did you guys know the website couldn't even stay up and functioning the whole time? That's right. This past Friday, I tried to access the site. <laughs> Could not be found. It was timing out. Server is busy. It was coming up with all kinds of errors. It's a mess. It's a mess. At this point, I would have to say that a pizza parlor could handle information security better than one of the major credit bureaus, being Equifax. Every time I read an article or see anything pertaining to Equifax, I kind of get scared. Yeah, I get a little nervous because it's not... I'm, it's not that I'm reading rehashed news over and over and over again. In a way, I kind of wish I was so I wouldn't be as scared as I am every time I see the Equifax name pop up in any sort of headline. Because every time I read an article, it seems to be a new report of a new situation, a bad situation that has been discovered at Equifax. You've got executive officers selling off shares. Oh, but we didn't know about the breach. No, we didn't know about the breach. The breach wasn't known, you know, so that's the argument. Well, now there's a confirmed, there's been a confirmed breach that occurred, what, five months prior? You know, so now going back at least five months now, They've known about a breach before the breach that was reported. So it just gets worse and worse and worse every time I, I read anything or see anything that pertains to Equifax. I really think a pizza parlor could do a better job. I really do. And I'm not trying to, well, yeah, I am kind of being mean because you know why? Because they lost what? What was it? 142, 143 million people's private information saying that's negligence is a nice way to put it that's a nice way to put it i mean you're going to have all these people freeze their credit now because you've lost their social security number their entire credit history places that they've worked lived and so on lots of very high level like confidential private information about the lovely Americans that are really irritated right now and rightfully so so I I don't know it, it keeps getting worse and worse and you almost think that it can't get any worse but it gets worse every time you, you, you open up the news and read anything about Equifax but whatever whatever you know it's a done deal what are you going to do Freeze your credit? The big thing, the big question here is, fine, okay, it's done deal, we can't do anything about it. why are we gonna complain and, and mope on it? Well, the, I guess the next question is, does the system work? And I don't mean literally, although I do mean literally too, because you know it doesn't appear to work, at least on the security level. 
But does the credit bureau, the reporting system, the credit validation, checking, ID verification, does it work? Because you're dealing with at least one bureau out of three major bureaus that has demonstrated they don't know how to manage and protect your data. So does that completely redefine how we use those the, the, the system as a whole? And if so, what does that what does that really mean? Does that mean we should be scared? I don't think we should be scared. If anything, only good can come from it. And it may it may not be the good that you want, and it may be an inconvenient good, but I don't see any way around that if we're going to continue to have technology and computer systems that relay information from one to another. Because you're always going to have the bad people with the good people. So with that being said, I want to move on to the other bureau that I brought up briefly just a, a bit ago. That would be Experian. And not only am I going to just bring it up verbally, I want to play something for you. So for those of you that is watching from home on YouTube, you will see the video play right before your very eyes. I'm going to play it. It's a quick video. It's an advertisement, but it's a just just pay attention to it. And then for those of you listening uh, via audio, uh, I'm going to you'll you'll hear the audio presentation and I'll kind of just give a brief explanation of the visual uh, the, the excellent visual work that they uh, put into this. So let me go ahead and and bring this up for you so that you can see it here. I need to actually, hold on, I need to pull, it's a YouTube video. Thieves on the dark web could be trying to steal your personal information. Oh, let me pause it here for a second and let me bring it over to my browser. Okay, and I think, I think everyone can see it now that's watching. And for those of you listening, just, just take a listen here. Let me go ahead and turn it up. So hopefully it's not too loud. Um, it's a real quick, real quick advertisement. Thankfully, identity thieves on the dark web could be trying to steal your personal information. Protect yourself today with Experian. We monitor the dark web globally and alert you to potential fraud. Get Experian Identity Theft Protection. Start free for 30 days. Identity oh, okay, okay. All right. So, wow, wow. Okay, I see. So, apparently. Experian is now marketing this service where they will go out to the dark web and they will scour the dark web in effort to protect you for a small fee, of course. So they have a new service that you can sign up for and they claim that they will go out to the dark web and they will protect your identity. Oh, how nice. And they will keep you informed. The video is pretty comical. You see this, and I'm actually going to share the image again for those of you watching. You see this bad, bad guy just kind of, let me, I'm going to turn off the sound and kind of play the video so we can just, just enjoy the visual quality. You see, you see this bad guy kind of hiding in the dark and he's, he's hiding behind some, some 
things that look just scary. It looks like the movie It, right? But instead of Pennywise, you've got this, this scary hacker in the background just waiting to go out to the dark web and, and steal from you. And then, of course, it pans over to a, a, a lovely white family that's just, you know, moving around the house playing. You know, kids are playing in the backyard. You know, the wife's cooking dinner. And, and she's, she doesn't even know what the dark web is, but she knows she's protected. Because experience has stepped in and said, you know what, we're going we're gonna to protect you and we're going to do the right thing for a small fee, of course. So here's the problem with that. And you're like, okay, whatever, so whatever, move on to the next one. No, no, here, here's the issue with that. Experiencing is charging or offering a service for something they can't possibly do. And they're getting a lot of heat for that. So unless... Unless any of you are aware of some kind of magic tool that they're using to scour the dark web slash deep web slash dark net. If any of you are familiar with this magical tool that they're using from an analytical perspective, please let me know. You can email me at theleapmachine at gmail.com. I would love to know what this magical tool is because I'm pretty sure you can't go out and scan the entire dark web and find information about someone, you know, in that sense, where you're going to represent them. All right, you got a John Smith, right? You got John Smith, he signs up for the service, and you're going you're gonna to crawl across the dark web, and you're going to come back. You're going to go, Experian, I'm talking to you. You're going to go into the depths of hell, dark web style you're going to look for john smith's information throughout the all the dark web you're going to go to every onion website you're going to search every directory and you're just going to pay up bitcoins to get information on john smith to protect his identity and go back and report to him right i like to know how that works for you because I'm pretty sure you're not doing that. I don't want to make any assumptions here, but you know, that whole thing called logic kicks in. Thankfully, thankfully, most of you that are familiar with the dark web and how the Tor network as a whole works and how things on the dark web level works, you know, it's not like you got to Google search engine on the dark web you just go pop in john smith and quotes and hit enter and up comes oh well we got three hits we better go let john smith know so experian is now coming under fire for the way they're advertising another one of the three big bureaus now it's not a it's not bad by any means compared to the equifax ordeal but you're now using people's fears to make money. You're going out and you're you're using you're you're trying to make money off the term dark web because someone may have heard of it and they know it's scary as hell. And they know that they may be out on the dark web in a you know in a sense where their data can be used against them. And you're going to sell a service based on that fear that you're their protector? No, that's not cool. Not cool. I'm sorry. It's not cool. 
TransUnion is essentially offering some of the same services. They're not marketing it, from what I can tell, to the same extent as Experian. But nonetheless, you've got these bureaus. Basically, here's here's okay. Here's the thing that you should be angry and upset about with these bureaus. They're essentially telling you. They're dictating to you. These major bureaus are dictating and saying, we have all your data, people of America. We have all your data. We've got everything on you. Know everything about your credit. I could tell you that you didn't pay your American Express card last month. And I got it in your report. We know everything about you, American people. So, if you... You want to be safe? You got to trust us. You got to pay. You want to you want to make sure that your data is not going to be out on the dark web where the bad guys are. Like the like the video showed, the guys sitting in a, in a dark room behind a couple things that's just barely showing his face. You know, like like he's about to mug you. You got to come through. You got to go through us, America. You got to pay us. We're we're your protectors. We got your data. We're the only ones that know to protect you because we're the only ones that's got everything about you, and therefore you should continue. You should pay us to protect you because that's how the system works. And now the system isn't working, is it? Is it? At least what Equifax is demonstrating at this point. So, anyways. Yeah, I don't want to vent about that anymore. It's I'm I'm really frustrated with the, with Equifax specifically, but now I'm getting a little upset with the way that Experience is marketing their their new super secure uh, service where you know they go out and protect you and help you out on the dark web, right? So, yeah, yeah, huh? Anyways, that kind of concludes the topics, ladies and gentlemen, that I want to talk about in this first podcast. I am not done yet. Don't hang up on me just yet. I got some fun stuff for you. Um, But that concludes the uh, overall topics that I wanted to bring up in this first podcast. I hope you enjoyed those topics. If you do have any suggestions or anything you want me to bring up in future upcoming podcasts, let me know. I threw out my email address uh, just a bit ago. It's the Leet Machine, all spelled one word with L E E T, not one three three seven. Unfortunately, uh, so the Leet Machine at gmail.com. You can shoot me an email there. Uh, also, be sure to, if you can, go on the Facebook group and and join the uh, the Facebook uh, page rather that's there. Uh, of course, follow the Twitter uh, feed as well for the Leet Machine and. DM me on there. Uh, just feel free to communicate whatever's easiest for you. I'm a very reasonable person. I can I can communicate multiple ways. So just let me know if there's any cool things that you'd like me to talk about, bring up. You know, get to the heart of the matter. Call out, you know, companies like I just did the past minute or two. But anyways, I want to get on to some fun stuff. And hopefully you've, you've been finding this podcast fun all around. But the fun stuff I want to get to now are my memes. So I'm a big meme fan. I go out scouring the web for memes. Frequently. 
I look for fun, exciting, just awesome memes. And you guys know there's a lot of cool ones out there, but sometimes they're hard to find. So I want to share some of the ones that I find with you. By the way, I'm going to post these over time on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, so you, you know, I may not always show the same memes. So if you want to get some laughs from time to time, be sure to, to you know, follow the Leap Machine on those respective sites. So let me go ahead and pull up the, uh, where's my meme folder? There we go, memes to share, okay. So let me go ahead and pull these up. I'm gonna start with the first one. Those of you watching, you can see the meme pop up before your very eyes. Those of you listening, I will try to do my best to explain what we're looking at in audiobook style. Maybe not quite audiobook style, but I'll try to describe it the best way I can. The first funny meme we're looking at that I came across, I'm like, hey, that's pretty darn funny. There's a picture of the mobile motor oil, but it's pumpkin spice. And I thought that was pretty funny. Because, you know, we're at a time, time of the season now, where it's like pumpkin spice everything. Get pumpkin spice coffee, pumpkin spice like ketchup, pumpkin spice uh, like watermelon. Like there's pumpkin spice in everything this time of year. So hell, why not put it in your motor oil? Your car will like it. Hashtag car lives matter, right? You know, give your, give your car some pumpkin spice. It's that time of season. And your car deserves it too, just like you do. Don't be the only, you, you should pull up, go into Starbucks, get your pumpkin spice, whatever, latte, whatever they call them. And then walk over to like your local Pet Boys or Auto Zone or whatever, get your pumpkin spice motor oil and pour it in for your car. It's a win-win, your car deserves it too. It's hauling your ass around, is it not? Respect the car. The next meme, ah, this was the Amazon meme I referenced earlier. And this kind of puts things in perspective. It's funny, but it's actually pretty, pretty right on. If you think about it. So those of you watching, you can clearly read. Hopefully, you can read what that says. Hopefully, you can read. And for those of you listening, I'm going to go ahead and read it for you. The first line is Amazon from 1998. It says, hello, we sell books, but online. So that's kind of just making the point how Amazon was in the late 90s. Yeah, we sell books, but online. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, whatever, bro. Whatever. You know, you sell books, cool. Amazon in the year 2023. Please return to your prime house for your nightly prime mill, valued prime citizen. I was like, wow, huh? Ah, that's, that's, you know, that, that's probably gonna actually be the way it is in 2023. Now, now you guys know why Target has got to increase the minimum wage to 15 bucks an hour for their employees by 2020. Because Amazon, they gotta, they gotta make sure their employees can, play, can pay for Prime. Everyone's gotta be a Prime member by 2023. They're gonna have to live in the Prime house and eat their Prime meals, and they will be valued Prime citizens whether they like it or not. If Target exists in 
2020, right? They got these minimum wages coming. Hopefully, they'll make it to 2020. Amazon may be paying those minimum wages to drones and robots. So, we'll see. I thought that was a cool meme. All right, we'll go to the next The next one. I think the last one. I think this is the last one I've got. I don't know. Let me see. Yeah, that's the last one I got. So, the last one is... It's got a picture of Logan, a.k.a. Wolverine, for those of you that live under a rock and don't know anything about comic books. My dad used to call them cosmetic books. Comic books. Definitely not cosmetic books. But it's a picture of Logan peering out his driver's side window, and he's got a sad look on his face. This is Logan from the actual movie Logan. And he's looking out, and it says, there's a caption above his image, people over 30 when they drive by a closed Blockbuster video. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good reminder. Going back to the point I just made, the world's changing. You guys know that there are, uh, there's still a couple onesie-twosie Blockbusters out there, right? Blockbuster ain't really dead dead. I mean, oh, yeah, well, let me rephrase. It's dead. It's about as dead as can be. But there's still a couple onesie-twosie stores remaining for Blockbuster video. And my understanding is they're pretty much in Alaska. Because in Alaska, they don't have all the bells and whistles uh, that mainland America has. So there are a couple of video stores that people have to walk through the snow to get to to get videos because otherwise they ain't getting videos. So I think there's a couple, I don't know how many blockbusters in Alaska, but my understanding there's at least one in Alaska. You may have a couple here or there, but they're independently operated by those respectful, respective rather, owners. Hopefully they're respectful too because... You 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 know Blockbuster don't they don't have the muscle they had in the '90s where they can tell people to piss off. So yeah, hopefully they're respectful too. But I thought that was a cool meme to look at and kind of a nice visual reminder. Poor Logan's just just kind of looking with his puppy dog look out the window at what used to be a Blockbuster. Now it's probably an Amazon mini store that he's looking at. But it just goes to show you, some of these companies, they just kind of, they just go down. And Blockbuster's case, Netflix came, they refused to act on video streaming technology early on. They had the opportunity to essentially acquire Netflix, they turned it down. And they uh, didn't take the threat seriously. Netflix Netflix punched them in the head and knocked them out. That was it. Dead. Dead blockbuster. You got hit. Done. So, anyways, I hope everyone enjoyed this first podcast. I do appreciate your time. Uh, I'm going to kind of wrap it up here. And, uh, again, I do want to remind you that you can follow uh, this channel multiple ways. Uh, whatever you're listening from or watching from, please go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Uh, Again, you can find this on, you'll be able to find some exclusive content soon on twitch.tv. Just look for the Leap Machine on there. You'll also 
uh, be seeing some exclusive content on the YouTube side as well. I'm going to try to do some more short videos. I'm still going to do the podcast stuff and both video audio style presentations. But there's going to be some cool stuff that I don't want to don't want to tell you yet that's going on my business plan. I'm going to execute that business plan soon. So I like that to be a surprise, but it's going to be some fun cool stuff. I promise you that. So be sure to follow and then don't forget to look uh, look up the Leap Machine on Facebook. Uh, there's a page there that you can follow and also on Twitter. Be sure to follow the, the Twitter feed. And uh, I appreciate your time. And I hope I was able to convince you to listen to the next podcast. I don't know when. And just real quick, I'm going to try to release podcasts as quickly as I can. Uh, I would like to do at least one a week, maybe more. But this is kind of new to me too, so uh, at least with the podcast stuff. So I'm going to try to do at least one a week, uh, maybe more. So be sure to follow or subscribe so that you get those notifications and you keep up with the Leap Machine because you are elite. Thank you so much for listening or watching. I do appreciate it. And I hope to see or hear or talk or whatever it may be with you guys soon. Have a great one.